Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Jaquan Heron. will be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Jaquan, what's up? Man, nothing much, man. Just glad to be here. Casey hometown. Love to talk about my business. So let's talk. I'm ready to talk to you. Now, before we get into that, there's a couple things that I want to get out of the way. First off, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We can help you build a software development team quickly and affordably. You can also... Go check us out on the gram at the at Startup Hustle podcast page. And we're on YouTube, TikTok, find us somewhere. Now, I, you know that I like it when you're interactive. So today's topic is comic book startups. And I want you to go to 2923comics.com because we're going to talk all about that with Jaquan Heron, who is also known as Jay Allen. He is the CEO and creator at 23. 2923 Comics and the inventor of the Scarlet Knight. Yes. Is all this true? Yes. That's who I am. Uh, Started the Scarlet Knight about a year ago. Um, In November of last year, I was published. I was self-published by that summer, man. You gave me an episode once. You came out to the full-scale suite. Yeah, sure did. And I checked it out. Yeah, I read it it up. Self-published. How you like it? He's the defender of the neighborhood. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, man. He's yeah. He can take care of the hood. Yeah, and that's based, I mean, that's pretty much based off my life. I mean, my high school mascot was the Scarlet Knight. Ah, I was wondering where that came from. So as we'll get started now, um, what can be interesting about today's episode is we can follow the kind of comic book storyline. Yeah. Um, so every every hero or comic yeah. book character has a backstory. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's yours? So um, the I can just pretty much tell you the premise of the comic book. So it's about two cousins. No, I want yours. Oh, I want, I want, I want to know Jay Allen. Jay Allen's backstory. Okay, yes. man. Uh, okay. Yes. As an entrepreneur okay. and a comic book creator, what brought you to, to, to creating? To comic yeah, yeah, books. yeah. So, um, I was an actor at first. Um, I graduated from Missouri State University, health and wellness promotions degree, marketing degree. So, um, from there, started to get into acting, and started to realize I wanted to go to Los Angeles. So I went down to Los Angeles, met my mentor, Scott Brown, who pretty much told me how to write, write content, got tired of knocking on doors and things like that. And that's how I ended up coming home and starting to write like, you know, this little stuff, you know, creative writings and things like that. And that's when we came to the Scarlet night. The reason why I started to write the Scarlet night is because trying to do short films, which is what I did in the Kansas city area, trying to do short films and things like that. It wasn't moving fast enough for me, but I knew with the comic book, I can get it drawn up. I can get the storyline out there and I can get people to pay me to receive it rather than putting it on YouTube and hoping that people like it. So that's how we pretty much came to the Scarlet Knight. I started doing it. I put it out there and it started to do really well. Well, so the backstory is guy from Kansas City picks some of the most unlikely things to try to be successful at. Yes, pretty much. Yes, <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be realistic. Yeah. yeah. And so my cousin, Michael, is an actor. Okay. And he has done a lot of different things, but mm-hmm. probably makes more of a living teaching people how to potentially be actors. Yes. And man, that's a tough way. To, that's a tough 
way to make a living. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's, uh, but at the same time, I bet on many levels, it prepares you for being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Cause actors hear a hell of a lot of no. Yeah. You hear that. Damn and, and you want to talk about brutal feedback. You're mm-hmm. too old. You're too fat. You don't mm-hmm. have enough hair. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. I yeah. mean, and it's like a kind of a brutal reality. Yeah. Hearing I had a twang in my voice. I'm like, I got a twang in my voice. Like, yeah, you have a twang in your voice. I'm like, I never noticed that. But these are things that other people notice because they had to put you on screen. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. pretty much tell you, ah, you're doing this a little bit differently or, and I was doing pretty well. I actually had, had a lot of managers. I had a lot of agents. It just wasn't going where it needed to go quickly. Uh, I'm a hustler. So I need to have 10 toes down every day and making progression. I have a lot. I always tell people I've got a face made for radio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. Well, that's true. But, and by the way, you can see that face made for radio at the, and, and Mr. Allen. Now that's your pen name. Yeah. That's my pen name, Jay Allen. But, but uh, you can, you can check us out. We're on, we're on the YouTube. Our talking heads will be there. By the way, you can go to scarlet underscore night 2923 on Instagram. Yeah, check it out, and man. See some stuff. See, see some stuff, man. Yeah. I, I'm more of a um I tailor my business more of like what a, a musician would. You know, okay. always re- always releasing content, always yeah. letting you know what I'm doing, always active, always moving. Um, a lot of my uh, fellow creators, um, I just think I'm kind of tailoring it a little bit different how I want to do things. I've been told I do things a little different, a little or- unorthodox, but I mean, it is what it is. Well, I mean, that kind of comes with the territory of doing a lot of different things. So, all right, the comic book has been out, what, it's about 100 years? Yeah, about, about, I mean, the, about the a year old, now. The, what, but comic books in oh, general. Oh, man, yeah, about 100 I mean, years. I mean, it's like the old Superman, yeah. DC Comics or whatever. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think, comic books on some level, uh, well, I don't want to say peaked, but they were, you know, there was a lot more of them sold. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago, and now I think the comic book is uh, the characters have morphed into movie, cartoon, different yeah. types of stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, and the and community that, is a little bit against that now, man. The, like people don't like the movies and, and the things like that. They are, they want to get back to the comic books, the prints. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. So now you've done, you did some different things, and you decide that you want to have. I mean, coming out with your own comic book. Mm-hmm. And it's an independent type thing. I mean, yeah. that's a comic book startup. So what kind of stuff did you have to look at? What did you have to consider? What did you maybe not consider that was really important and so on? Like, where, where, how do you do a comic book startup? So, man, so pretty much what you do is you got to write the story. Sure. You got to make sure you got a good idea. And the thing with me is I know a lot of other creators, sometimes they might ask, how does this idea sound to you? I didn't do that. I just kind of wrote. What I liked, and it started off as a dedication to my grandparents who passed away about three years ago. So this was my way of kind of giving the world the tips and trades, the morals, the ethics that they passed on to me. So wrote the story. First off, I had got the story down. And then the next, you have to find the artist. So what I typically did is, um, and what typically, you know, some people, I wasn't in the industry at first. So what I did was a hashtag comic book artist on Instagram. And I went through thousands of artists thousands of artists found peterson after like the 10th guy that i was interested in but i like peterson olivier shout out to peterson that's my uh that's my illustrator and i just hit him up and like out of all the people that i hit up i said hey man um i got a comic book that i'm trying to get made and he was like when you want to start and that's when i knew like this the guy i'm supposed to work with they, he didn't go into he didn't go to the finances. He didn't do he didn't do all that. I think I caught him at the right time in his career where he was ready to get something cracking and it was just match made in heaven. 
But then I started to realize how much his fees were for lettering and coloring. And I was like, man, I can't afford that. That, that would have been like a hundred. That would have been like $175, close to $175. Like, man, I can't do that. Then I found my other guy who's in Indonesia and he does my letters and my colors for $25. So rather than me paying $50 just for the coloring, he charged me. When you say $50, are you talking per hour? Per No, per page. Okay, per page. Yeah, per page. Okay. And- so by the way, and so I want to compare this to some of the the scenarios that many startup and different entrepreneurs face. Um, in the world of software, you often find a technical co-founder. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, you know, me, I, I tell people I write checks, not code. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I function well when I have someone that's a technical co-founder. That's like what kind of Matt Watson does with some of the stuff that we do. But that's what you needed. You had a story. You mm-hmm. you had something you wanted to push and you need to find the right partners to work with. To do it, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's interesting that you identified that person quickly because that's yeah. not always the case. No. And there are a lot of things that, um, can come up like I mean yeah. so did that just feel right you mentioned like he's ready to go and you're like hey I get it like, it was organic bro sure like yeah. when I tell you how organic was like literally I just knew like this is the guy I was supposed to work with and yeah. then what sucked is that people were telling me not to work with him they was like oh man this is this is kind of what's going on out here this is the style that's going on out here this is what you should do but I was like no this is the guy that has a style that I want I told him exactly what I needed and he produced that so this is yeah. who I'm going to work with this is who I'm going to roll with and it worked you know I didn't drink the Kool-Aid as they would say I didn't drink the Kool-Aid I just kind of did what I wanted to do and some people didn't like me for it some people didn't like my content for it but it did well outside I can't of that. imagine with comic books that you could ever produce something that would be universally liked anyway mm-hmm. so you're always no. going to have people that are going to complain about something this doesn't look good or or, mm. or the art could be better here i'm like man don't look. read it yeah i'm good <laughs> move I'm on good. move good. on to something different yeah yeah i'm good i mean that's always going to happen anything that's creative like so i worked in the music industry for almost a decade and mm-hmm. um and i got pretty used to that and i know a lot of you know still spend a lot of time with some well-known musicians and um, with that, you know, they've mm-hmm. learned to the feedback is what it is. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, like you will never produce a, as a creator and especially an artist. So musician or a painter or a comic book writer, any of that stuff, you will never produce something no. that everybody loves. No. It's just because people have different tastes. It's the same way with music. Like mm-hmm. one person will be like, that's the worst song I've ever heard in my life. And then 10 other people will be like, it's brilliant. And mm-hmm. it just happens. Yeah. So, and, and so it dumb. sounds like you went ahead and rolled right through that. I just did it. I just did it, man. I mean, I knew, and I knew for, I knew for a fact when I went to the or into the comic book industry that I didn't look like everybody there, and I knew I had a different background than everybody there. So I was already getting ready for some of those. When you say those, that difference, like, I mean, is that like, is that, I mean, is it like a whitewashed kind of industry? Oh or? yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And Cause when I picture comic books, I honestly, I picture kind of a bunch of white nerdy dudes. And like, it's a lot of dope black creators out here bro like yeah. it's a lot of like dope black creators that are really out i would here. think so yeah. i wasn't sure I, that's what i picture reading it i don't know about yeah. the creating of it and just people in color in general like um like do, my, do you want to know something interesting go ahead. i used to work at a comic book store oh dang which one here it was dude i can't even remember what the name of it was it was in red bridge and, and and it was only in business for like nine months. And I, oh, yeah. I knew the guy that opened it. And I would work there on Sundays. And this was in 1994. 
Oh, wow. Long time, long time ago. ago. Yeah. But yeah, I just basically just sat there and rang stuff up when That's people it. came in um, and played pinball. And read. And read, bro. I did read yeah. some. And, and, you know, like, I remember the, I used to read Bloodshot. Uh, see, you know what? I gotta get. To, yeah, I think they're about to have a movie with Vin Diesel coming out. I Maybe. Think, yeah, I think yeah. this Vin Diesel. So there was a lot it. of different stuff, and you know, there was a lot of and the, all the movies that are out now mm-hmm. were then, comic book movies. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was interesting. So, um, and some of the people, man, they were so serious about that stuff. I mean, they still are. Yeah, like, and it, I get it. It's being passionate. It never. It. I always found it interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was never really that that overly involved. In mm. the commentary, no, nah, bro. This get, I mean, but it was. But so here's the thing: is like you imagine this like giant wall and a long, you know, store in a strip mall. Yeah, and the whole wall was covered with you know, just had different comic books, and these things would come out, and sometimes they'd sell, sometimes they weren't. But I bet we had 150 different titles. Yeah, yeah. And there were some people that came in, like there were some weird stuff, obscure. I don't want to say your stuff's weird or obscure, but this is an independent book. Mm-hmm. And there were people that would come in for some of those things. And they, you know, and that was part of what we did too. Is like, hey man, that new edition yep. came out. And just sit there and call some people. And some of the people come in, they buy the whole stack. Yeah. They already, and they already know yeah. the release dates. They, they're yeah, already yeah, yeah. ready for it. Well, this was in, 19, in 94, <laughs> in 93, 94, we didn't have the internet the way that we do now. Yeah. So yeah. like technically we did, mm-hmm. but I mean, dude, this was like 28 K dial up. Oh yeah. Shit. yeah. And like, <laughs> I mean, people, you weren't like, yeah. hang on, let me get out my phone. No we didn't cell phones. No. Do stuff like that. So, but yeah, that was, that was interesting. Okay. So back to the startup of this. So you find, you find someone to illustrate, you find someone to color, you're doing these things within the constraints of your budget. Yeah. All right. Now you got to produce these things, right? Yeah. yeah. How, how do you do that? So I tried to go through a publisher first. So yeah. I was sending sending my contact to publishers and they were passing and I was just like, dang. So that was kind of like discouraging. I was just like, bro, I was talking to different, you always got to get you a mentor. You always got to get you somebody you can ask questions because I was new to this industry, and that's when I hit up uh, hit up my boy Greg, uh, who um, created Asana Wear Spider. Hit him up, contacted him, and he just was giving me tips. He's like, bro, you're going to have to um, self-publish. You're going to have to yeah. just print it on your own. But what was happening, let's go back, let's jump back. I was self-funding this out of my pocket at first. And then I was talking to another mentor, two, two fraternity brothers of mine. And he was like, Quan, you're going to have to. Quan, you're going to have to do indiegogo you're gonna have to do a crowdfunding are you gonna put yourself in a position where you're just gonna go completely broke trying to do this so what i did was i did the indiegogo and got funded first round i got funded how much did you raise i raised i think it was 1500 for the first one it's a pretty modest amount i think it might have been more than that. it might be like 20 something but i can't think off the top of my head but it was it was pretty good i went i funded i was like 117 percent funded and then from there i got it all finished up Worked with Peterson, got it all finished up, and then sent it out to the to the backers. And now I'm in a position where now I'm I'm, I'm self published. Sure. Went to Impress, was printing them off, and I just started selling them. And when I tell you, I was like selling them out the back of my car, meeting people, got my website up and running. I mean, literally, hey, you like comic books? Yeah, I got a comic book. You want you want to take interest in it? Yeah, sure. Then from there, I started to do the real hustle. I was like, nah, bro, I want to be in the comic book stores. Now, now, by the way, for those of you listening, so the company that Matt Watson and I own, Full Scale, we do local events. Um, we have a couple suites, and we we try to take the work out of networking. And I can't remember what event that you came to, but 
it was the two guys with the cellos, two cellos. That's right. Yeah. And that wasn't even our real suite. They actually relocated us. We were in like a relocated one. So we weren't even in the full scale suite, but yeah, you came and, you know, and honestly, I was really impressed because a lot of people show up and they do what they do and they use the ticket and they hang out and they mm-hmm. drink my beer. And that's fine. That's why I invited you. But mm-hmm. you actually brought me a bag of stuff. Yeah. Brought you you brought me and I still have it. Yeah. I I'm actually, it's funny. I found it again the other day Good. because I looked through some of it and then I've got kind of like some stuff. I, I get a lot of swag. Yeah. Yeah. From a, yeah. a lot of different things that yeah. I go to a lot of different companies, people bring it in for the podcast and mm-hmm. I have it. And I, and I actually saw the comic book the other day and you gave me a t-shirt. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, but yeah, you had a bag and you were ready. You were like, Hey man, this is what's up. And we actually even talked about healthy hip hop. Yep. Talked about healthy hip hop. Yeah, I actually seen him at, uh, Roy at tech, um, tech venture. I was taking a class yeah. cause I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to hop into tech. So, um, I was taking this class in UMKC for tech and he came in there. He spoke to the class yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Roy just got accepted into tech stars and, uh, oh, that's what's up. and won the arch grant. Oh award. yeah, I think that's what he just said when he came there. Yeah, that's yeah. a couple hundred grand between just those two and stuff. And yeah, we we have been we've invested significantly in that. Um, we'll be having quite a few episodes about the release of that. And the, but with that, we had to create a whole line of characters, yeah. which we did. Yeah, I'm glad you guys. I remember you telling me about that. It took it took a while. We actually used the creative team and okay. at our office in Cebu, one of our uh, creative guys is a very gifted digital illustrator, but okay. it was hard because yeah. you're like, hey, man, we need to create. Uh, well, I told him to create 16 characters, yeah. but know that we would probably only pick eight. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is about how broad it was. I was like, give me a zebra, give me a tiger, give me yeah. a lion, give yeah. me a monkey, give me a yeah. cheetah, you know, like, yeah. and he give came back and we kind of bounced those characters around. Is that the same way it goes with a comic book? Like, yeah, yeah. you have your character in mind, but now you got to have a, you got to have a hero. You yeah. got to have a villain. You got to yeah. have some ancillary characters. Is that how that works in the. So everybody in my comic book is actually a real person. Okay. So these are actually real people and my grandparents are even in the comic book. Okay. Their likenesses in the comic book. So it was it's easy to write about stuff that you that know. already had. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, our stories, uh, yeah. every day we live a story. Yeah. So what I did was I just kind of like tried to play and think of different storylines that happened in my childhood and in my past. And I was just like, oh, that would be a dope story because it really happened. And it was cool. This is what a lot of people do with true stories. Mm-hmm. So I did that. But also with my Meet the Hills, even though I have people that's in that book that are real people, coming up with the storyline was a little crazy because these are vampire hunters, mm. you know? So I'm like, we don't know the vampire hunters, but I do know some family dynamics that dealt with this in a, in a crazy way. So you just pretty much just come up with different ideas, how this person is. You already know how they look. That's the easy part because this person's a real person, but just trying to see the personality, pulling their personality onto the page and make sure it comes out in the page. That was the hard part. Okay. So you're self-published now. I've written three books. Mm-hmm. They're all, I've self-published all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Amazon's publishing platform, which mm-hmm. was called create space and is now called Kindle direct. Mm-hmm. Um, you basically upload a PDF to it. Now yep. there's a hell of a lot more that goes into it on the way to creating that PDF, yeah. but the world of self-publishing from a book standpoint, um, especially an ebook standpoint yeah. has become very accessible. Like yes. it's like you and I, if we wanted to 24 hours from now, assuming we had some, con- but there's actually an article out there. A guy wrote about how easy it was to self-publish and he wrote a book about his left foot. Mm-hmm. And all it said was, this is my left foot and mm-hmm. it had a picture of his foot. Mm-hmm. And he like literally within an hour 
mm-hmm. had created a publishable content. Well, now yeah. this is like the world's worst book. Cause it was like, Hey, yeah. this is my left foot and mm-hmm. there it is. But the point was, it was really easy. Can you do that same thing with something like a comic book? Yeah. I mean, this pretty much all you're doing is just using your content, going to a printing company. I went to impress cause I loved, I just loved the work that they've done in the past. Gave and who is that? Uh, it's a printing company located in Kansas City uh, off of 11th Street, I want to say. So did they, I mean, and so when they print the book, do they already print comic books or were they printing other things? They, did had, they have to figure it out or they printed they printed a lot of content. So they did print comic books, but they printed posters, postcards. They did it all books. And yeah, I mean, I pretty much gave they have done it before in the past. And I've worked with Laura at Impress and she pretty much said, yeah, this is ready to go. And your artists also should know how to tailor their pages to be ready for print. That was something I did not know because she had, she talked about the bleed and I didn't yeah, understand what the that same meant. Way, that's the same way. Like I mentioned uploading a PDF to publish a book, like mm-hmm. a book book. People don't realize this is every other page is offset yeah. because you, when you look at, you open a book, just imagine opening a book. Like I'm opening my hands as if they're a book right now. Cause everyone <laughs> that's listening can see that uh, yeah. <laughs> joke. But you know, when you open a book, the spacing's different because yeah. of where the spine is yes and there's definitely a bleed and then actually like the whole process too is like you actually print like one to yeah. make sure that it it's looks not right. a total shit show yeah but yeah there's a bleed and different things and like you know you have to give compensation to like where the cover and all that stuff is cut yeah yeah and it's yeah. not slicing through things no. and it doesn't look sloppy and then like so here you have one of the can i yeah yeah go have ahead. books so yeah. so and this is a kind of a glossy Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I feel it. Oh, it's yeah, man. I, I, I mean, these are high resolution. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, yeah, this okay. This is great. And by the way, go to two three two nine two three comics dot com. Um, okay, so they print all this now. How big of a batch do you print? So the first round, I did a hundred copies. Okay, and that was to get the backers what they needed, and then also have some left over. I had about thirty left over. So what I did was I started to hit the comic book stores. And I was like, I want this in the comic book stores because I'm selling this out the back of my car. And shout out to um, Pulp Fiction Comics out there in Lee Summit was the first person to ever give me a check. Uh, went out there and I said, hey, I got some comic books. And he was like, how much you want for them? Because I had already been talking to him about trying to get my comic book up and running. How much are these? These right now are $5. Um, they were 7 at first. I was selling them for 7 But I found a way to kind of make make my prices go down a tad. So you're bit. talking about selling these like five bucks at a time. That's mm-hmm. like the proverbial mixtape out of the trunk. Like, yes. hey man, give me give me yes. five bucks for my cassette, my C D yes. or something like that. And that's what so. I said. I learned I learned from other industries. Yeah, like, and well, like well one mm-hmm. of the people I talk about in my book Million Dollar Bedroom is JC Lopez, who's the founder of Urban Necessities. And he started selling and that's a huge sneaker resale kind of they have a wow. they have a, a store in Brooklyn, another one in Vegas. They're partnered with American Eagle now, and they uh, uh, sell millions and millions and millions. But he started hustling Jordans out of his trunk of his yeah. car. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and that's a read about it in Million Dollar Bedroom. It's a it's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned having having ten toes on the ground and getting out there day. and doing stuff. So, how long did it t- take you to to sell the original run? So the original run, it didn't take me that long at all. Probably like a month, maybe a mm-hmm. few weeks. Like I was actually surprised of how quick I was selling. And I think what made me unique is I did, like I said, I didn't look like anybody else in my community doing it. It was no one else here that I know that was selling comic books that was from the neighborhood that I grew up in that had a background the way that I had a background who was telling the story the way that I was telling the story. 
And I just think it was a match made in heaven. I think it was all organic. More than anything I've ever done, as far as a hustle, this was the only thing that was like super organic. Like everything just flowed like it needed to flow. So now let's be realistic. So 100 copies at five to seven bucks a piece. Mm -hmm. It's not a shitload of revenue. Nope. Nope. Some of that goes into the print cost. Some of that goes into the other stuff. Yep. Um, Where did it go from there? So I just got some more. And just went back at it. And that's when I started to reach out to the comic book, uh, the comic book stores here in the city. Started doing that. Had my website up. I was selling on my website like crazy. I was selling something like three or four a day. Then that went up to like seven to eight a day. And then the business just started booming. And then that's when I started to realize I was starting to get pulled in to do like public speaking events. And the business was going like it needed to go. And my first con sold out 150 copies. And I was like, okay. Now we're moving. Now we're moving. Now we're doing the things that we need to do. But I, I mean, my website was just pinging. I was just like, wow, this is really working. But I felt like I still wasn't getting the respect that that was due, if that made any sense. I mean, it does and it doesn't because I don't know what respect in the comic book industry. publication yeah. or industry. I don't know what that entails. But mm-hmm. um, on some of it, I think that in any business or startup, respect is is generated with sales. Yeah. <laughs> like in yeah. the end, like do people buy it? Do they use it? Yeah. Uh, is it useful? Um, if it went away, would it be something that people talked about or missed? or any of that stuff. And that, that's kind of, but what, what, tell me more about your take on that for, for comic book stuff. My, my take on it was just as far as respect was interaction. I'm an interaction guy. So if I go to a con interaction with who, with different creators, okay. I different see. creators with my peers, your peers. Yeah. So when I, when I would go to these different cons, like I knew I was getting respect from the community of the people who were buying it. But then when I was going to cons, I was catching people not speaking or I would introduce myself to other other creators and the and the the vibe was off. Like they didn't really like who is this guy? But I was like, I mean, clearly you know that I'm I'm doing doing these things in the city. Like I'm getting media attention, I'm getting attention as far as in the community, as far as speaking events and things like that. Like clearly you should kind of like know me. And I wasn't trying to come at it on an ego level, but it was just more so like I'm introducing myself and trying to be a friend and just also just trying to be maybe a mentee, just trying to like, you've been in this industry for a while, you know, can you help me out or can we just be friends or can I call you later? Wasn't getting that vibe back at all. Are these people that are really, I mean, we don't have to name anyone, but Mm -hmm. are these people that were well-known writers or authors? Like when you talk about, like when you say con, you're talking about Comic-Con. Comic-Con, yes. Like when it was here local in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. um, Are these people that were touring in from other cities or people that were here in, in in KC both okay both definitely both and and I can say five right off the top of my head but I can say also the guys who are on like the bottom level kind of come up like me we were more so building the community that way sure and, and it was kind of like sometimes hard to know who uh, you know I go to events uh, you know I was at an event last night there's probably 100 people there and and the mm-hmm. thing I you know and I'm not saying I'm known but you know you go and I, you meet a lot of people on a lot of different days it's I have a hard time keeping track of who's who and who does what. Yeah. I try to be sensitive to, you know, trying to slot that out and remember yeah. who people are. Actually, sometimes after an event, if I can't place where I've run into someone before, I mean, that's where the internet and social media kind of helps me make yeah. that connection. So yeah. like I had a couple of people like look them up on Facebook and and you know, just just, just holler at them like you know just, just like, examine it man. Yeah, like, and just try like, to remember and yeah and, and i try to avoid yeah, i always want to re- avoid that 
you know, like, well, sometimes, I, yeah, I'll meet people and they, you know, one day that looks like they just came there, they're like wearing a collar and their, you know, hair's all, all pretty. And the next time I see them, they're wearing like a hat and a hoodie or something. They mm -hmm. just don't look the same. I'm yeah. Like, Shit. Introducing myself. And like, yeah. We've already met. I'm like, man, I feel like a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of remembering faces and like, I'm good at remembering faces, names. I'm not so much good at, bro. Like I can remember, I can remember your face and kind of sometimes kind of pinpoint where I met you. That I can do, but, but yeah, putting it all together, putting it all together. Yeah, like, uh, okay. So now as we are progressing down the timeline with this, like, uh, uh, all right, we get the initial one out, got some other stuff coming out. You're feeling like you're gaining some traction. What was something that you failed at along the way that you thought would be a lot easier or maybe came out of nowhere and, and smacked you? Oh man. Um, something that I felt at was reaching out to publishers too early. I wasn't, I wasn't ready yet. Sure. And knowing that now, like my content, I know my content was on point cause it sells and it resells, but what was making me go crazy was that like, why aren't these publishers dealing with me? Why aren't they seeing that I'm hustling? Why aren't they seeing that I'm different and I'm unique, you know, to a certain, to a certain extent, you know? And I was like, why aren't they not seeing this? You know, I wasn't ready. There's a lot of noise. So it, I wasn't ready. Well, there's a lot of noise. And you look at like a publisher, whether it's a comic book or a book mm -hmm. or an album mm -hmm. or all that. I mean, dude, there's a lot of it. It's a lot of it. There's a lot mm -hmm. of stuff mm -hmm. out there. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of, um, and so, you know, that, and I always, I talk to people about this, the, especially with books. So I just gave it some, I just gave it, did a speech recently about how to self-publish a book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I told people, I'm like, just go publish your own book. Like go do it. the idea that you like, who are you is a good question. And the, these publishers, I mean, dude, every day mm -hmm. get bins. I mean, bins that like have wheels that you mm -hmm. push yeah. full of books yeah. that people are trying to submit yeah. for publication. And yeah. the very first question they're going to ask is who the fuck is this guy yeah. or gal? Uh -huh. You know, or and can like, I resell and, it? Well, who are you yeah. and why do I want to listen? Because yeah. that's a big part of publishing standard books, not yeah. necessarily comic books, but I would imagine that's the same thing. And yeah. like some of it is, I don't know. I mean, I mean, and some of that too is uh, you got to show up really looking like you're in the business of whatever it is you say that you do. Do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I get people that give me business plans for their dot com that they want me to invest in and then they'll want <laughs> me to email them at their Yahoo email. Mm. I'm like, okay. that doesn't yeah. really blow me away. Yeah. Like yeah. you want, you're seeking investment in a tech company, but you can't set up an email at your own domain. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that like stuff like that, it, it gets noticed. You got to be ready. It does. And so some of that, uh, some of that too is, and it's the same thing with acting. Mm -hmm. It's some of that's the, your presentation. Like, what are you sending oh. to people? Yeah. It's kind of like a resume. Like if your mm -hmm. resume looks like crap and it's got errors all over it and yeah. you have an you have a picture that's clearly 15 years old it ain't gonna work it just yeah it doesn't make the right impression so what can what advice can you give about now are you still independent yeah still independent actually uh with the hills i have like a pre-offer on the table right now i'm kind of keep them on hush but i got a pre-offer on the table for meet the hills which is the graphic novel that i'm working on right now 60 page graphic um working with a new artist out of italy and I got, I mean, I'm still independent as far as the Scarlet Knight Defender of the Block, and I think I'll stay that way. But unless somebody comes. And I'm also on like different platforms like Comixology, which is through Amazon. Uh, I'm on there right now. I'm on Peep Game Comics. So I'm on a few platforms, but mostly just independent with the Scarlet Knight.
So what do you recommend for someone that wants to start their own comic book? Like where, where, you know, we talk about, you say mention trying to approach publishers too early that just ended. I mean, in the end that was an attempt and it didn't mm-hmm. work out, it didn't work out. but you know what, why not? Yeah. Um, I mean, do you, I, I'm assuming, you know, some people that have, have publication yeah. through other, what do they say about it? Cause here's the thing is, is like when it comes to a standard book or I keep a huge percentage mm-hmm. of, of royalties for yeah. my books. Now, if I sold any of my books, so with my recent, the, the most recent book that I published was the realist guide to a successful music career. Mm-hmm. I've got members of Dave Matthews band, American idol winners, Grammy winners, like wow. all kinds of people that are in that book. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point, it was a legit conversation of, should we try to sell this to a publisher? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing I would have gotten about a dollar, 50 cents yeah. to maybe, maybe a dollar a book. Mm-hmm um as opposed to 10 yeah myself so yeah. like i and now that and but that's the question is that there's a lot to go with it because one thing that people don't realize when it comes to publishers is so let's just say someone picks up that book and they send it out to barnes and noble everywhere yeah if that doesn't sell right away they send them back they send them back and they're going to sit in a warehouse and mm-hmm. now you you are in a, a position that you can't control yeah. And, and you, cause basically what's going to happen is there's an expense that goes with that. Your publisher is going to charge that against your sales. Yeah. And you, I know people that have sold books to publishers and even main publishers, they, they expect four out of five times yeah. that the book's going to fail. Yeah. They're looking for the 20% that don't. Yeah. You got to ask yourself too, what are they, what are they losing on them if they take you on? Yeah. This is a business deal. This is an investment. Yeah, yeah they're not just a fan. And what are yeah. you getting out of it? Like, right. I know you you may take, it's a good chance you're going to take less of, less of a pay in royalties, but your book will be everywhere. Well, right. And yeah. that's the trade-off. Yeah. That's, yeah. The trade-off. that's the trade-off. So like with the publication, you get distribution. Like for And by the way, we went against self-publication because we looked at the book um, as something uh, more like a franchise. We looked yeah. at it long, like we could publish yeah. supplemental versions of it. We could have some different things that came out. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, the guy that I co-wrote it with his band has, uh, they've been around for 20 years and they've mm-hmm. got a huge following and they've always, they started their own record label for their own stuff See? just cause they, they're, they're not standard. It's not pop. It's jam band songs. And yeah. most people don't play a 15 minute song on a radio. No, they don't. So they had a lot more control and they've done, done well with that. So they had to, adapt we we didn't really know what was going to occur now that said i mean i haven't sold like a million copies no but who knows yeah i don't know there's no there's no way to know whether we made the right decision or the wrong either way bro yeah and the story's still being told yeah it can go either way and that's why i tell people about your story like i didn't i didn't know the scarlet knight was going to sell i didn't really know i just wanted my content out there yeah sure and and you know before i got my business in order i was just giving them out sometimes i see a kid on the corner I get him out, but who knows if that kid's the nephew of somebody that may want to want to buy my rights. Yeah, and that's a good point too. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing is, is you shouldn't start doing anything creative thinking, "Man, I'm going to get paid." Heck no! Like, get good at at doing what you do, and the money's a byproduct of that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the same for anything. It's not just creative; that's any kind of career you want to go mm-hmm. into. You want to do anything, get good at it. Yeah, and focus on that, and not on money. And you will find that money is not the problem. Every day you should be writing. Yeah, sure. If, you, if you're a writer, every day you should be writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a couple of frat brothers that I talk to that are in Los Angeles and they write. Every day I was like, man, I want to get into some of these writing rooms. Like I would tell them, I was like, bro, I got content and I got stuff I can write and I know I can write. 
they would say, hey, Quan, that's my nickname, or JS, you're good, but you need to be writing every day. Yeah. I'm not going to bring you in any room you're not ready yet. Yeah. And I, uh, the musicians that I know, and I know some that are pretty gifted at what they do, dude, mm-hmm. they, they're playing all day. Yeah. Like all day. And yeah. it's not like they're not just talented and they show up and, Mm-mm. and be talented. Like they, there's, I mean, they are polishing that. Like, I mean, and then actually there's a, there's a interesting conversation. I've had a few with a few guys that I consider to be world-class guitarists mm-hmm. um, and saying like, and they, they find a fascination with me because mm-hmm. I consider myself to be top notch when it comes yeah. to business or entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot to talk about when it comes to stuff. And the question is, is, is not is like, at what point are you a genius? And at what point are you crazy? Yeah. And yeah. the best answer that I've heard yet is who cares? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's this fine line that goes down the middle of these things. Like, am I, am I driven or mm-hmm. am I obsessed? Yeah. You know, just like different stuff yeah. like that. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, really in the end, it's an outside perspective, anything else, but yeah, all the people that I know that I like to say that success demands payment in advance, like yeah. you have to practice, you have to get yeah. good at what you do, mm-hmm. but don't let, but you know, and here's the thing, I think it's okay to have it in the back of your head. Like, Hey, I want to get really great at sales because I'd like to make a big check, Yeah, but you got to get really great at sales. And then yeah. the byproduct of that is getting paid yeah. because your value increases. It's the same way with anything else. So yeah, yeah. if you're a writer, you got to write. If you're a musician, you got to play. Yeah. yeah. If you're a speaker, get out there and speak. If you're an actor, get out there and yeah, act. act. You got to yeah. do it. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to get to that point where you're just like, what the hell am I doing every day? Yeah, sure. that's how you know you're in a great. That's how you know you're in a great space. Well, yeah, and then, <laughs> well, it's that, and also when you know they say that there's no such thing as luck, and luck is just preparation and opportunity meeting yeah. at an intersection. Right. And I believe that no one can give you the and the road. By the way, pe- people people will challenge me on that. They'd be like, "What about the guy that won a lottery?" I'm like, "He prepared by buying a buying ticket. a ticket." And he probably picked his numbers. Sure. Most likely picked his numbers. I mean, whatever. And yeah. So you're mm-hmm. still on some level. Like, you don't buy a ticket, you're not going to win the lottery. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying go buy lottery tickets. No one, And if you no. do and you win because of this, you can definitely send a royalty payment. Yeah. And we'll get, take it. I'll yeah, cash a check. I'll take it. Yeah. We'll split it. We'll split it. All right. <laughs> I sure will. Okay. So as we round out this episode, now, first off, if you want to go, uh, the, and we didn't talk about the Scarlet Knight and uh, much, and I left that that way on purpose. Cause mm-hmm. I want those of you listening to go find a copy yeah, of this. Go get a copy. And now where can we do that? So you can go to two nine, two, three comics.com. Okay. You can also contact me through my Instagram. A lot of people do that as well. Um, if they're local in the Kansas city area, so that's Scarlet underscore night, 2923. Yes. Yes. And that's my childhood at home, man. I'm just putting it out there. That's yeah. my childhood home. I grew up there. Um, you can contact me that way. You can also send an email to Scarlet night, two, nine, two, three at gmail.com. If you want to get it there. I mean, whatever you need, man, contact me. I don't care if it's in the back of a Walmart. Um, I'll come and show up. I'm all about the hustle. So I like it. Yeah. I don't, I, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm not I like squeamish. it, man. I like it. Is there anywhere online you mentioned some other of the, the things run by Amazon? Is there a place anywhere where yeah. other than 2923 Comics? You can go to comicsology.com. That's Amazon's platform. Um, you can also go to peepgamecomics.com. That's, and comics is spelled with an X. So it's C-O-M-I-X.com. You can go there. And I'm also on their online platform as well. And that's once again, the Scarlet Knight. So 
with that, we like to end the episode, any episode of Startup Hustle now with what we call the Founders Freestyle, which yeah. where we give you the mic here for a second. I'll follow okay. you up. Okay. Um, you can drop whatever knowledge you want. You can you can talk about whatever you want, man. Oh, man cool. It could be advice. It could be a, you can you can peddle your goods. You can do whatever you want. It's freestyle, man. Man, first I, I peddle my goods, man. Cause that's, I mean, that's a good thing. Um, we got issue two coming out, uh, here in the next month. Um, I'm already sending those out to backers for my last Kickstarter. I mean, my last Indiegogo, um, man, I got crop top hoodies. I got hoodies. I got t-shirts. I got all kinds of stuff for merch for the Scarlet Knight defender of the block. Also, man, just a little advice. Always don't be afraid to reach out to people, man. Some of those people that you will be thinking is the majority that are actually champion for you 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 will be so surprised who's out there right now watching you and looking at you and say hey man i got your back they just haven't told you yet but you got to reach out man just don't be afraid and i mean start writing uh if you want to do it you're gonna lose some money I, i'm not i'm just gonna be i'm just gonna be <laughs> honest with you bro like you're gonna lose some money but at the end of the day it's kind of like what you're here for if you're here to make a check man it might not never come so you just got to also know that, man. I, I just want to kind of give you guys as much as, as much as possible and let you guys know, man, this is going to this is definitely hard. I would I would I would be lying to you if I said it wasn't days that every day I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? That's why I'm now getting into tech, man. So get ready for that. I'm I'm going to be pitching to a few pla few places and people in a few minutes. So you'll be uh, looking out for that on my website as well. But, man, I wish you guys the best, man. Stay strong out there. Keep writing that content. Even if you go into these cons and to my other black creators out there and black creatives, man, I appreciate you guys. You motivated me. Uh, you motivated me to do what I'm doing right now. And I'm, I'm a very happy person these days, man. And I appreciate that. So um, keep writing, keep grinding, keep hustling. Thank you. Appreciate it. I, I'm a fan, man. I like it. I like the hustle. I kind of want to make a startup hustle comic book now. Kind of sounds Do like it. a great idea. Talk, it, you know, it'd be funny as the comic book if it was based on my day. It would just be like frame after frame of a guy sitting in front of a computer, and then he makes a phone call, and then he stops and does a podcast, and then he goes back and sits in front of a computer. I'm not sure that that would be too exciting. You'd be surprised. We'd have to give him like <laughs> a superpower or something. Um, with that, you know, there's something you said that I think was really important, and that was uh, well, first off, it all was, but um, with that, don't be afraid to reach out. So, um, I did that with all my books that I've written. And, um, you know, the thing is, is you're not going to get, if you don't ask, yeah. uh, there are so many people out there that are successful that have reached out to someone else. Yes. There's a weird thing for those that transfer knowledge. Knowledge transfer has existed for years. I mean, this is like, I mean, literally all of time, people mm -hmm. passed uh, knowledge down from generation to generation to generation. Knowledge is meant to be shared. And those that had some of it shared with them, and I'm one of them, feels that I have an obligation to oblige yeah. certain people yeah. and I, it, I don't do it for everyone, but I've yeah. got some people that, you know, I've taken an interest in and I mentor and, and, and that I, you, I do that very selflessly yeah. and yeah. I enjoy doing it because I had a lot of people, like you said, that have embraced me yeah. and believed in what I do and have yeah. done a lot to help me out. So Anyway, with that, I'm going to get out of here, man, because I got to get caught up on the whole Scarlet Knight story. Yeah, man, go ahead and do that, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm on it. See you next time. Yeah, man, y'all be cool out there, man. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.